Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsley. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. Thank you for joining us again this week. It is Blindness Awareness Month, so we really appreciate our listeners during October. Also, an important day that's coming up is White Cane Day. It has different names in different places, but basically, October 15th is a day when we want to teach about white canes. Today, we're talking about our white canes, but we're talking about what it's like when you choose to use the white cane, perhaps a little bit later in life, or perhaps with vision that, you know, maybe you could get by without. Uh, maybe you were getting by without and you've made a decision to use a white cane. So I'm going to welcome back uh, my co-hosts today, Ishita and Acacia. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. Thank you. And we have a returning guest as well. We have our very own Dougie. Welcome, Dougie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So why don't you each introduce yourselves and remind us your level of vision. And I'd really love to know how old you were when you became visually impaired. It could be birth. (laughs) It could be you're born visually impaired. And when did you start using a white cane? Um, Ishita, why don't you go first? Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Ishita. I have a condition called Conrad dystrophy. So my vision is I'm, I'm partially sighted. So I have about 20 over 500 vision. Um, I can see general details, but I have issue with seeing like finer details. Um, I lost my vision when I was about seven. So that's when it kind of started decreasing quite a bit. And it kind of leveled off when I was about 10. Um, and I started off using a ID cane when I was in grade 12. So I must have been about 17. And I only recently started using mobility cane this year, earlier in the year, I believe, like um, April. So not hasn't been too long. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into that. All right. Um, Acacia, how about you? Um, so I have ocular cutaneous albinism. So I have low vision. So I have trouble with distance and detail. Um, especially when there's glare, low contrast. Um, my vision is 20 over 200 uncorrected. Um, and so I was, I was born with it and it's been pretty consistent throughout my life. Um, I used an ID cane for a long time. I'm not sure. Um, for like as long as I can remember, but not a lot of the time. And then I just started using a white cane, like a mobility cane last June. Okay. Okay. Um, And Dougie. Uh, I'm Dougie. I have congenital nystigmus. So my current vision acuity is 20 over 300. Uh, I was born with my condition. It's also hereditary. I have a sister that has a shared vision condition as me. And I started using a cane when I was 40. Okay. So we should probably define some things for folks. So, um, First of all, legal blindness, to be classified as legally blind, it's generally 20 over 200, which is 10% or worse. So 20 over 200, um, Acacia has 10%, Dougie 20 over 300. I don't know how to do the math of what percent that is, (laughs) but it's a little bit worse. And then um, 
Ishitha mentioned 20 over 500. So her vision would be a little bit worse again. And uh, so, yeah, you could be anywhere from 10% to, to light perception or no vision at all. And often somebody with 10% vision can navigate without a white cane. Obviously, Dougie's saying he you didn't use one until you were 40. So that's 40 years of <laughs> stumbling around without. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to define is uh, ID cane versus a mobility cane. Does somebody, does one of you want to explain the difference? I can do that. So uh, my understanding is an identity cane. It is usually more just to exactly that, identify yourself in uh, two people. So you usually will hold it in front of you. Um, it still looks like a cane, but it doesn't have a fancy tip at the end, which makes it not useful for mobilizing. Whereas a mobility cane uh, is usually a bit bit more thicker, bit more rigid, and you will have a variety of tips that you use that kind of help give the uh, tactile sensation on the ground to the user. Um, right. One other thing is with ID canes, they're usually a lot lighter to carry, and also they mm -hmm. don't touch the ground when you're walking with them for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're a lot um, skinnier and shorter. So it's it's you're just holding it in front of you, kind of like a sign that says I'm visually impaired. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm curious, uh, all of you kind of started off. Well, actually, Dougie, did you ever use an ID cane or did you just go straight to the mobility cane? I went right to a mobility cane. Okay. So what I'm curious when a white cane was introduced. Um, but Dougie, obviously it wasn't, did, did anyone ever suggest that maybe you use an ID cane? Um, not really. Uh, even, uh, when I was younger, no one ever really suggested it. I more came to the decision as particularly, I felt my vision was getting a lot, uh, was deteriorating significantly at night. I, I just could not really travel very safely anymore. And I also wanted to do some more traveling. I was going to be, uh, going to uh, Iowa in the United States. And I just felt that this would give me more independence. Okay. Um, Acacia, you said you've been using an ID cane for as long as you can remember. So did anybody ever suggest the mobility cane to you? So I say I've been using it, but I mean, through most of my childhood, I was pretty resistant to use it. So I'd use it like when I was in the city or when I had to, but um. I know when I was like a really little kid, I had a tiny cane with a marshmallow tip on it. I'm honestly not sure how much I used it. Um, and then I got an ID cane. No one ever really suggested I use a mobility cane. I don't, I don't think. Um, I think because I was so resistant to use my ID cane for so many years, especially like, you know, in middle school and whatever, no one thought that I would be willing to use a mobility cane I guess mm -hmm. I just asked eventually if it was something that they thought might work for me because I was kind of thinking about it for a while and what about you Ishitha yeah for me it was um so I was 
about to graduate. So at that point, my O&M was going to be finishing, um, like kind of we were going to I wasn't going to see that instructor anymore. Um, and then if I wanted to continue it, I would kind of have to do that on my own. But kind of I think in our last session or close to last session, my O&M instructor introduced me to the ID cane. We didn't do any training other than I think um, maybe just some walking around my neighborhood with it. Um, so we just, he just kind of opened up his trunk and he's like, here's a bunch of ID canes. Do you want to take one? Um, just cause when you're going to university, you might want to use it. And I'm like, um, sure. So I took it. Um, and it's funny cause Acacia mentioned that you're not supposed to drag it on the ground. I did that a lot to the point where the bottom of my cane got shaved down. <laughs> um, and like a bus driver even noticed it. He's like, I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. Cause I've seen people with visual impairments and I've never seen that happen to their cane. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is right either. Um, so a mobility cane was never introduced to me, but I had to get a new cane because my ID cane was kind of falling apart at that point. And I can get into a bit of more of that decision later, but I kind of had to independently choose to use my uh, a mobility cane and then kind of just went through the process of getting it through CNIB. One of the reasons I thought that a mobility cane might help me is because the first ID cane I had for many, many years was actually like pretty heavy and pretty long for an ID cane. So I was using it like to test how far down curbs were and to like use it to sort of help with depth perception and then when I got my new ID cane I realized oh that's not what you use this for and this isn't really going to work so I was thinking about how Acacia you mentioned you were resistant to using your cane and I definitely was as well nobody ever suggested to me to use an ID cane it was it was straight to the mobility cane mostly because I was night blind so I couldn't see in the dark at all um during the day I could kind of get by probably a mobility cane would have still been useful. But the whole reason I didn't want to use one was because I didn't want to identify myself as being visually impaired. So an ID cane sounds like in a way it's a bit of a gateway uh, cane. So, you know, you can start with that and ease into it and then maybe move on to a mobility cane. But if the whole issue is not really wanting to be seen as blind in any way, then I feel like the, the ID cane, it's probably not going to work so well. Uh, I don't know. That's just my hunch. Dougie and Ishita, did you have any feelings of like embarrassment or not wanting to use it? Like, I mean, Dougie, it wasn't even presented to you, but would you, were you envious of people who did use one? <laughs> did you want to use one when you were younger? It's weird. I don't think I would have been envious or didn't think I wanted to use one when I was younger, but then as I was older and I saw how much easier some of my interactions were and just how much easier it was to sometimes explain my visual impairment. I wish I did. I wish somebody did suggest it because uh, like, I also think even though I would be considered that I had more vision as somebody that was legally blind, I still felt like that I kind of had really poor depth perception or spatial awareness. And I'm like, I think all of, the cane would have helped so much with those. And I, I also just feel um, part of it with my congenital nystigmus as well, is it means that your eyes are always kind of moving. And one of my eyes always kind of inverts towards my nose. So I, I would just find that a lot of people would be asking me personal questions anyway. And I found once I started using a cane, people, instead of asking me what was wrong with my eyes, they would say, what's that stick? 
And I felt that depersonalized it a lot. And uh, then I felt more comfortable having conversations with people around around my uh, blindness. Yeah, it was kind of similar for me um, because my, so I don't have central vision. So my eyes naturally shift. I can't know, I don't know which direction, either left or right. So it's it's pointing towards one direction. So I'm clearly kind of, if someone whose sight is looking at me, they to them, it looks like I'm looking off to the side. So that kind of creates a bit of a odd situation where people either think I'm not looking at them or just a lot of questions about why I'm not looking how they would expect me to look. So the I noticed that the ID cane helped a bit with that, especially when I was going to university. You know, when I was in high school, we were in like a small area. My community is quite like um, easy to get around. So it's it, when I was going to like a whole different city, since my university is a different city, I found it a lot more exhausting to keep having to answer a lot of questions of, um, you know, why, why, why are you looking at me like that or stuff like that? I mean, constantly to like explain. Um, the ID cane kind of gave me that, like a buffer in a way where it's like, I can just point to the cane and say, oh, okay, this is, you know, I'm blind. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to look this way or that way, whatever that is. So yeah, it, it provided that. I was still quite hesitant because um, I was so not used to asking for helps, like, you know, on transit or um, whenever I needed help getting around a very big campus. I was still quite hesitant, but uh, I think maybe in my second year, I started getting a lot more comfortable with um, bringing the cane with me. I started packing it in my bag, and that's, like Acacia said, it's a lot smaller, so it was a lot easier to just carry with me. Um, and then when I started like working and everything, I I felt a lot more comfortable kind of just having my cane out when I thought it was um, necessary. So it did serve all quite a bit as a transition from not being able to use it at all or just really uncomfortable to getting more comfortable with identifying with being blind and then eventually moving on to the mobility cane. You mentioned asking for help. I think that's probably one of the main reasons ID canes are encouraged because if you if you have an invisible disability, it's not obvious to look at you that you are visually impaired and then you're asking for help, like what bus is this? Or, you know, can you help me find such and such a, an address or whatever? And you're standing right in front of it, <laughs> but you don't look blind. The ID cane kind of helps in that way. Right. Yeah. I think my breaking point and anyone who goes to us, if you knows is the construction because <laughs> mm. it was, everywhere and it was never communicated to us so I had to really rely on security or the center for accessible learning to get me around a lot of my classes um, and then it was just a lot easier for them to find me if I had my cane or for me to just approach another student if no one was able to help me um, with the cane or even go to the construction workers because they're a lot more willing to help you if you quote-unquote look like you have a disability and that kind of mm -hmm. sucks but it, I noticed that it helped a lot more so that kind of gave me a little push to be like okay you need to have something to make it a little bit easier on you so you're not constantly waiting like 10 minutes to get some help definitely yeah okay so I'd love to know what was there a moment was there like a final like I'm just fed up and I want to use a cane like what <laughs> what what caused you to to make this giant leap and go for the mobility cane? When I got frustrated with my ID cane is because it physically wasn't folding anymore. So 
it was sticking out of my bag one day <laughs> because I couldn't get it to close. So I was like, okay, I need to really get a new cane. I pushed it off for a long time, partly because I didn't know how to get a new one. Um, I felt kind of embarrassed to ask my friends, not because I knew they would judge me. It's just like, um, I hadn't gone through this process before and it's like, uh, I don't know what to do. So um, yeah, after kind of my cane just stopped working, I reached out to quite a few of our like fellow alumni here in Blind Beginnings. And I'm like, guys, I need to get a new cane. What do I do? And they gave me like good suggestions on where to get it. Um, so I got that down, but then I had to figure out whether I wanted an ID cane or go with the mobility cane. And the decision kind of came from, like I said, the bottom of my cane was like completely gone because I was dragging it around quite a bit. Um, and I noticed that like I was using it a lot for, you know, stairs, um, like we were talking about depth perception um, and a lot. My commute tends to use a lot of have a lot of those elements. So that's why my increase of like dragging it on the ground got um, just got higher. So I reached out to kind of personally to one of the alumni here um, and I'm like, what do you guys think? Right. I'm like, I was kind of explaining my thought process of maybe I don't deserve a mobility cane mm -hmm. i can't remember my exact wording but that was my gist that maybe i'm not the right person to use it because i still have vision and it was like a my my the friend my friend replied saying like why can't you just get it and use it as an id cane but just a bigger version of it and you can still drag it on the ground it won't cause you issues and i was like that's a great idea um like there's no qualification on whether or not you need an id cane or mobility cane it's just what you're comfortable with mm -hmm. and they're like do you think you would be more comfortable with the mobility cane that's bigger and maybe a bit easier to put on the ground when you need it and i'm like yeah so like they were just kind of asking me questions and i kept saying yeah to everything and they're like i think you know what you need <laughs> <laughs> so and i'm like you know what yeah okay so yeah it was it was a very helpful process talking to someone and getting their input and they're quite low vision, um, a lot less vision than me. So it was a little bit reassuring, like, oh, okay. So like someone who does use mobility cane um, or used it in the past um, thinks that, yeah, you are okay to get it. There's no rules. You're putting it on yourself. So it gave me that, like, I don't want to say permission, but in a way in my own head, like, go ahead. Yes. Go for it. Kind of thing. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to come back to that. Don't deserve to use it. But um, Dougie, what about you? What, what was, you said you were planning a trip. Was there a moment or was it the trip or a, a lifetime of built up frustration? <laughs> um, I think it's probably a bit of all of those. Definitely a lifetime of built up frustration. I, I just knew when I was traveling, particularly at night, I, I, I wouldn't recognize people until they were like literally, you know, like right beside me. That was when I could maybe notice them. And I just felt that I had a, a hard time. <laughs> I, I didn't feel that was safe. I didn't always feel uh, safe traveling past certain locations like pubs or things like that, where maybe my spatial awareness could be a problem. Um, I was going, yeah, on this big trip to somewhere that I had never been before. Uh, but another route where I felt, okay to use the cane is so um i um noticed there was a person that lost their vision later in life that played on our hockey team and he had more vision than me but he didn't seem to have any of the preconceptions about a high vision person using a cane and i felt that was really refreshing uh so he offered me i was talking to him about this so he offered me one of his canes and then he gave me a bit of a 
gave me a bit of a cane training. Uh, and that's all I used for actual professional training for about two years. And then in 2019, I made appointments to see an orientation and mobility specialist. And I did about seven or eight uh, mobility sessions where I was using an eye shade because I wanted to actually start to learn proper cane techniques. Uh, so that, and I felt that was really rewarding. It also gave me a, a, a greater sense to, uh, uh, part of the, the, that would be, uh, navigating through, uh, by the Joyce Skytrain station area, uh, with an eye shade and a mobility cane. And that gave me a, a greater appreciation for, for mobilizing as well. Mm, okay. Uh, Acacia, what, what about you? Why all of a sudden the mobility cane? Um, so there was like a couple factors that led up to it. Um, one was like sort of realizing it's funny that, um, Ishita was talking about her IDK not closing. Cause I actually had one that did that too. Um, it like froze or something. So once I got my new IDK and I was like, oh, like you can't actually use this for figuring out like how steep curbs are and like whether it's rocky or smooth pavement or whatever. Um, so that was something that sort of made me think. Um, walking to school from the bus, like walking to my high school, there's this one road that I would always like walk with the group of kids walking from the bus and then I was fine. But when I started, um, when I had my spare, I'd be going to school at different times than other people. And I started realizing that, oh, I don't really feel safe crossing this road by myself because it's really bright. And when it's really bright, I can't really see like black cars which is most of the cars. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't really feel safe crossing the street when it's sunny outside or like walking along the sidewalk when it's sunny outside. And then I was downtown or not downtown in Vancouver, actually for the Blind Beginnings Gala in May. And I had my new ID cane and I was walking and I was like, oh, like people are kind of getting out of my way. And I feel like I don't have to like walk super far away from the road and stuff. Like I feel a lot safer. So there was that. It's like oh I should start using this more um and then I also just like I have to like when I was somewhere that was steep or uneven or whatever I'd always find myself like taking whoever I was walking with taking their arm um because I don't have a ton of depth perception so I'd like trip all the time and I was like well I'm going to college and I'm gonna be like working all summer when it's bright and I have to walk to my work and stuff. And so I really need to be able to get around without having to do that. So all those things kind of combined made me um, made me ask my vision teacher. Okay, so I want to know how it's been and how it's helped. But I before we go there, I just want to go back to the whole, I didn't think I deserved to use a white cane. And um. Yeah, like this invisible line of like, if you have this much vision, or if you're able to do certain things, maybe you're not supposed to be using a white cane. Do you want to say more about that, Ishita, or any of you? Yeah, I can kind of start, at least from my perspective. Um, it, I think it stems a little bit from the fact that no one suggested it to me. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to kind of go through like O&M perfectly fine. 
Um, you know, I'm usually out and about in the daytime, which is when my vision is the clearest. So it's like, I think like, cause I was getting by so well, um, I think also on the, I would also say that that was outwardly that didn't take away the fact that I felt nervous when sometimes crossing a street, if, if a driver wasn't paying attention, um, and I'm relying on the sound or, you know, someone just suddenly decides to turn, I can't. Um, I can't change, like, I, it's kind of hard for me to move out of the way that quickly compared to like, maybe someone who's, who's sighted, fully, uh, like fully sighted. And it's like, there, there was a lot of hesitation, but I kind of just kept that in. I didn't really tell anyone that. So like, I think like, yeah, I think no one suggested that to me because it seemed like I was adapting very well. But then a lot of the people who I saw using mobility cane were a lot, had like a lot less vision than I did. So um, I guess in my own head, I created that disconnect that, oh, okay, if you don't meet this, like, um, not even real <laughs> number mm-hmm. of like, you can't see, you know, you're, you're, you're really hindered in, in being able to um, do like, you know, kind of move around on your own or doing these things since I was doing that so well. Um, I kind of created that boundary in my own head. So it created that like you don't deserve it because you're totally like why why would you need it maybe it's like a weird thinking was also like maybe someone else needs it more than you and you're taking it away from them <laughs> it's like i don't think that's how cane production works but you know <laughs> no. um i'm sure there's a lot of canes out there but yeah i kind of created that own idea in my own head and it's so mm. weird when i kind of verbalized it to someone else and they're just like no <laughs> that's not really how it is and that's not how i don't think a lot of people see it so mm. Um, yeah, like I just, I think I need really need to just sit down and, and reason it to myself more than anything. Cause I had all of these, um, random unfounded reasons as to why I can't get it. I wonder if it's a bit of, I mean, there's sort of this mis- misconception that you're either blind or you're sighted, right? Like I think mm-hmm. gen- the general public doesn't really understand what a spectrum visual impairment is and, and even like a person who uses a mobility cane, but then they're able to read. That's really confusing for people not recognizing that maybe the field of vision is really, really small, but they're able to see a couple letters or someone who can make eye contact with you, but they're using a cane. They can't find a Mm -hmm. a seat, right? Like, like it is sort of that lack of understanding, but I wonder if some of the discomfort is, was kind of that, like the stereotype of blindness is not being able to see, but I can still see something. So maybe I shouldn't using this tool that's for blind people for me definitely um i also uh wrote a blog about kind of growing up without having the word blind in my vocabulary and that was like a very conscious choice for everyone around me so i never called myself blind until i joined blind beginnings in like 2020 Mm. so it was always visually impaired that was the kind of term i used and then a lot of people were like oh I couldn't I would never think that you were because you just move around so well and um or you know like I've never needed help finding a chair on the bus or like a seat on the bus or anywhere like that so uh, that's definitely a part of it as well I'd say yeah I I found it often just in a way strange like even going through so many different camps uh as a child on Bowen Island and then also out in the Okanagan and in Ontario and i I found the lack of people with uh, 
with uh, you know more vision, <laughs> not using a cane was pretty was the more the trend. Uh, I think one thing we don't always factor in though is even if we can get around, how much energy is that consuming? Like I find I could do this without a cane, but it also takes five or six times the same energy. Where as if I have a cane. I I don't have to worry about as many things. I don't have to try and focus on every step that I make. I just, uh, I in general, I find uh, I have a more enjoyable experience just going out and walking with it than I did before, whereas I always having to worry about so many different things. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, just because you can do it. <laughs> I mean, I used to not use my cane uh, and, you know, I would memorize where every parking meter, fire hydrant, pole, curb cut, like I knew all the things on my regular routes, but I had to be really focused to make sure that I, you know, went around them because I wasn't seeing them. <laughs> so using the cane, you, you can switch off a little bit. Like sometimes I even am like, which block am I on? Am I supposed to turn now or or at the next corner, right? Because I'm not as uber focused, which is lovely, actually. Okay. So how has it been? You started to use a cane, a mobility cane, Acacia. Did it change your life? <laughs> um, so the first time I used it, I was downtown Vancouver, which sounds kind of crazy, but that's just when I got it. And then I was going downtown Vancouver. So, and it honestly made like a, it did make a pretty big difference because especially like you know, downtown in the summer, it's sunny and it's shady and it's all wonky, which is sort of what makes it hardest for me visually. And I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about tripping on the curb every time. And my mom doesn't have to like verbally tell me every time there's a weirdly steep curb or like a crack in the sidewalk or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful. And then also like I used my cane all of this past summer because I was working downtown Kelowna, which is, it's sunny and it's uneven pavement and it's busy and there's traffic. And I was also working near the mall, which is right on the highway. And so I found like walking down the sidewalk, like it was really bright and without the cane, I would have been pretty cautious, I guess. Like, it's not like I couldn't have gotten where I needed to go. But um, I definitely would have been a little bit more worried about like walking through the giant bus loop and like crossing the highway. I was like, yeah, if I didn't have my cane, I might be a little freaked out right now because when it's bright, I can't see like what color the stoplight is mm -hmm. and whatever. And so I've I found it to be really helpful. Um, I sort of like I don't use it all the time. So normally when it's gray, if I'm in an area I know, then I don't really use it and I only really use it when I'm outside but just sort of having it there when I need it has helped me a lot so Dougie what about you when you started using your cane did it make a you've said it's like to, takes less energy to do yeah. things uh I definitely feel it made uh a big difference in my life uh for a life changing I would say because I once I started using the cane um I also noticed other things maybe I could try other things that's when I decided to decide shortly after that to start using a screen reader instead of try and continue to uh try and struggle and read text all the time um 
when I started new activities, I felt more comfortable when I started my improv career. I felt comfortable that I'd be going there as uh, a blind performer. Uh, I've basically stolen Kane and, and combined it into my stage name, which is Dougie Kane. So, uh, uh, yes, it's definitely made a huge impact for me. And I felt that it was um, opened the path to doing um, other things using other technology that would have traditionally been considered for, for people with lower vision. Interesting. What about you, Ishita? Yeah, really just echoing what Dougie and Acacia said, that it's overall been very, very helpful. Um, helped a lot with confidence in the sense of um, I can just, I'm not as scared to like explore a new place now because um, I know I can just use my cane to navigate around the more trickier areas. Um, people, I'm a lot more visible. I, I, it's funny because I think I'm more visible with the mobility cane than the ID cane, even though id cane is meant for that mm-hmm. um because i feel like it's bigger and it's and it's um thicker so people tend to notice it a lot more than my kind of busted up id cane that i've been carrying around for six years so <laughs> i feel a, a lot safer too um when i am kind of walking around on my own it has brought in i think a lot more attention which if i were younger um i think i would have been a lot like more uncomfortable with um but i'm not i'm not really as worried as I probably would have been in my first year university, kind of having people approach me and ask if I need help. Cause I've noticed that's a lot more. If I'm even just standing with my mobility cane, people will just, mm-hmm. Hey, are you, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I'm just waiting for someone. Um, uh, bus drivers are also more pushy with getting me a seat, which is interesting. Cause I just kind of enter the bus and they'll make someone get up and I'm like, Oh no, it's oh, okay. Um, and then I feel bad if I don't take the seat. So it's like a whole thing of like, um, maybe like get the more attention being on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, kind of just getting older and getting more confident in general has really helped negate that being an issue. So yes, definitely overall a lot more positives than when I had the ID cane. Okay. So I want to move on to like how people have reacted to this new addition in your life. And Ishita, you mentioned that your family like people didn't even use the word blind around you. So what was it like for people when you started using this cane? Yeah, I, I think the only person who maybe sees me use it the most, maybe my friends, I don't use it much around with family just because when we go out, it's just so local that um, I'm so familiar with the area that I don't need the cane. So um fam and i when i was getting it to them i kind of just told them i'm like okay i'm getting a mobility cane you'll see it in the mail just leave it in my room when you see it <laughs> um at that point i'm like well it was my decision um you know i uh, i they were actually i showed it to them they're like oh that's cool it's bigger um and so they were i think just being a part of blind beginnings and talking a lot more about blindness has made them a lot more comfortable with it so i was very happy that i didn't get any um not that I expected it but it was a lot like a very smooth transition with them and then when telling my blind friends a lot of them were just very supportive like yeah if you need it get it um whatever makes you comfortable Mm -hmm. and then some of my sighted friends were a little bit um oh that's new (laughs) I didn't know you had that (laughs) uh so like maybe a bit more questions with them like why did you like is there a reason did your other one break and I'm like kind of going into the story of that so no pushback or no like um uncomfortable questions just a little bit more curiosity for the people who i didn't tell maybe right Mm -hmm. off the bat um but overall everyone's just very accepting and i'm 
pretty grateful for that. Mm. What about you, Dougie? 40 years. Yeah. A bit uh, of a change. <laughs> I felt really it was very supported in the blindness community. Um, one of the people uh, I play, I mentioned I played blind hockey and one of the people involved in that is named Matt Morrow. And he gave me a really nice compliment like early on. He said, I, I really don't understand why more people uh, – with with uh lower vision don't use a cane I, I think it would benefit them all greatly and that actually i felt that was a really good comment early on it made me feel really good and uh right feel like this was a good decision uh work uh my corporate job is a little bit different i would get yeah people asking questions like one person the first one is like did you become blinder? And I'm like, that's not proper English. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, I didn't. I just became more aware and smarter. Mm. Right. Um, Acacia, I'm curious about you. If you're sort of using it only outside, let's say you arrive at work and then you fold it up and walk into the store. This used to be something I thought about a lot. Um, when I was younger because I couldn't see in the dark. So I would use the cane to get to the place. And then once, as soon as I was able to see like the, the light outside the door of the place, I would be folding up my cane, but I was like embarrassed. Like, well, what do people think? Like I'm only blind when I'm outside or <laughs> have you had anybody question you seeing you do that? Um, not question me. I definitely, sometimes I worry people think I'm just using it to get on the bus, <laughs> which I'm not obviously but um it's sort of like i've definitely had the awkward like trying to balance your bag and everything while folding your cane up outside and people walk by and you're just like hi yeah um (laughs) (laughs) but um i haven't had anyone like come up to me and question me about it i don't know i feel like i feel like i'm I'm lucky because i haven't like encountered that like sort of in your face Mm -hmm. yet at least Um, I mean, no one ever questioned me either. I just was afraid they would. And maybe, hopefully there's more awareness now anyway. And hopefully people do understand that blindness is not just like total blind or sighted, that there's this in-between spectrum. I I want to mention something which is very amazing. I was so taken aback by this. Um, This was like, I think last week, um, one of, we were doing a, a thing in my class um and required us to move around and one of my partners who just asked me like so what's your vision like I know blindness is a spectrum and I just wanted to ask where your vision's at and I'm like whoa I've never had that and I'm like oh my god you know we were gonna do like a counseling session but I'm like (laughs) "I, I love that that was so um especially with with me like and like people um, I usually get like oh you just look blind and there you go that's it um but I I I was so happy to hear that and I kind of just went home and I gushed about it (laughs) like so there I think there is that change um and I'm so happy to see that like that just made my day Mm -hmm. Dougie you mentioned um this sort of feeling of I don't know. I don't know where, who has the feeling if it's from the blind community that you're too sighted to use a cane. Yeah. I, I've always felt if you have 10% vision, there's this, or, or you'll probably even up to like 2% vision. It can be so not, you can have very little vision and the expectation can still be that if you have some vision, then you 
can use that and mobilize it. And I and and I think part of that is uh and I'm glad this is changing, but the misconception that using a cane meant that you were completely blind or that it meant that you were helpless and that you needed help. And I don't think people understand that it's uh mobility cane isn't a tool to attract attention that you need help. It's uh a tool exactly that for from to mobilize and even an identity cane it is is still just a tool to identify that maybe you may need to ask for help that doesn't mean that you have to go out of your way and offer help and want it to that person yeah i wonder if it's something about like okay so if you have 10 percent vision and you're using a mobility cane and you're actually functioning you know like you can easily find the entrance to a store you can read the price tag you can i don't know i'm just thinking of things Mm -hmm. that i would need help with um i wonder if people with less vision are worried that oh no people (laughs) sighted Mm -hmm. folks are gonna think blind people can do all of these things Mm -hmm. because some of us can you know because some Uh people with more vision can do some of the things like i think it it boils down to this fear about Mm. wanting people to understand that it is a spectrum and that if you see somebody with a mobility cane they might have zero vision and they might have 10 percent or somewhere in between right so the capabilities are going to look different too Uh, i mean i do have paranoia around these things sometimes so for example even if i i generally shake my cane out all the time even my neighborhood but on occasion maybe I will forget it and I'm taking my dog out to go to the bathroom in front of my house, which is about 40 seconds and there's uh, wood fence the whole way. Uh, so I'm not really in an area that I would not feel uncomfortable, but I get paranoid that one of my neighbors or someone might see me and be like, oh, I knew he didn't need a cane to get around. He's yes, faking yes, it. And I like yeah. to worry about that constantly. Yeah. No, I worry that like, because there are some days when I do my cane and some days when I don't, just like depending on the weather and depending on mm-hmm. where I am and whatever. And that sounds silly, depending on the weather, but like how bright it is makes a huge difference and like what time of day it is and yeah. whatever. And also like how much other people can see, like if it's rainy, even if I think I can see well, I'm like, well, drivers aren't going to be able to see me super well. So I'm going to have my cane with me or whatever. And then I'm like, well, if people see me on days when I don't have my cane and they see me on days that mm-hmm. I do, like, <laughs> Are they going to think I'm just like, I don't know, pretending to be blind or whatever? Yeah, like, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't think we give enough um, value to, you know, even if a person has 10% and that's considered a lot in the blindness community, it's still pretty terrible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if I got 10% on a test, I've ethically <laughs> failed. it's funny like I don't think about like 20 over 200 being 10% but then I'm like whoa like how much can fully sighted people see I know right (laughs) and so and even whenever I see when sighted people will mention something that they know I'm usually astonished like how can you tell those kind of you're talking about birds across the street or looking in somebody's house I like none of this I can't even imagine any of these things. <laughs> or you're standing at a bus stop and you hear everyone get their stuff together because the bus yeah. is coming and then you're yeah. waiting and waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting because it's like three blocks away and they've mm-hmm. already seen it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, any final thoughts on what you wish people understood about the mobility cane or your experience using one? Um, I'll start. 
Okay. Go ahead, Dougie. Yeah. Uh, well, my experience is that, uh, you know, if you are considering one, you should should definitely try it. I think it makes a, a huge difference. Uh, I think you would find uh, a person who's blind using a, a Mobility King will find it just helps. Uh, it consumes less energy when they're traveling. Uh, I I personally believe you will uh, you'll go out and try more things and travel new places. I certainly have. Um, and I think it can be easier to have conversations and raise awareness with people. And and the more that more people with more vision that use a visual, uh, so use a mobility cane, uh, will show that uh, blindness is a spectrum. And I think that will help raise awareness and give people a better sense of that. Yeah, I think Dougie hit on a lot of that. Um, I think one thing I just want to add, and this is more targeted towards our youth or anyone who is partially sighted and really thinking about transitioning. Um, and I, I can't believe I didn't mention this because this was a big part of my decision to go with the mobility cane is that I have a cousin who's partially sighted. And when I kind of thought about if if she's feeling a little bit uncomfortable with using her cane, um, I want her to be able to look at me and think, well, there's no reason not to. Um, if you're a little bit uncomfortable with the way that your O&M instructor is kind of maybe dealing with a lot of these things, or you want to speak up and say, I think I'm more comfortable with something. I wanted to be essentially a role model and saying that you need to be the one to make that decision for yourself. So if you're thinking about it, go for it. <laughs> There's no one yeah. putting that restriction on you. Um, it's kind of a lot of just uh, implicit biases that I think we just kind of gather as we get older and, and notice around us. So yeah, it's it could be a transition and it could be a little bit of a difficult decision to make, but there's no reason why you couldn't. And um, there's a lot of reasons why it's beneficial. So definitely consider all of those. Uh, totally. Um, I probably should have said this earlier, but just like in terms of feeling self-conscious about it, I mean, everyone's different. But one thing that kind of changed my mind, which is sort of the same reason that like skiing, I was finally like, okay, I'll wear like guide and visually impaired skier pennies was like, if people are going to see that like something's different anyway, and like I can't find stuff and whatever, would I rather just like, I guess I'd rather like they know that I'm like visually impaired and still doing cool stuff than think like, that I'm just like lost and confused um, <laughs> which is yeah you know that sounds kind of silly but like no one's gonna like think any less of you for like using a cane and be like if anything they're gonna be like oh they're like blind or visually impaired and they're like still doing this like people are gonna make assumptions about us if we fumble or trip or bump into something or get lost or whatever and better that they think oh, well, they're visually impaired. That's why. Like, there's an explanation for the mistake or the fumble or the whatever. But also, like, yeah, if you're skiing and somebody sees you and they're like, oh, she's a blind skier. That's cool. Like, yeah, And just, like, it doesn't, like, work for everyone, obviously. Like, I've talked to people who are like, yeah, like, visually impaired people um, who have, like, some of them, like, less vision than me who are like, yeah, I just didn't find it helped that much. But then also, like, if it helps you and you feel safer and you feel more comfortable getting around, then I personally, I think it's totally okay. 
even if you're not fully blind. For sure. Uh, Well, I think this is all really great advice. And hopefully there are some folks who maybe have been thinking about giving a mobility cane a try who might, who might be more, uh, more willing to do that after this conversation. Um, I guess that's the thing, right? When you're, when you're young, especially if you're partially sighted from in childhood, um, your world is smaller. Like you, you probably know your way around your school really well and your home. And when you go places, you go with your family and they can help you out if you need help. And then you get to be older and more independent and realize, oh, the world is a much bigger place. And actually this tool might be really helpful. So I'm thinking about how like some of you, no one even suggested it. Well, I guess all of you really, um, but yeah, because you're functioning really well in your small childhood sort of environment. Right. And then you get to be an adult and you're like, wait a second, (laughs) this is actually a bit overwhelming and there's a lot to to manage and a white cane is really helpful. Yeah. I think it's a thing to say to the parents and the teachers and anyone out there who knows someone is blind. Um, if it hasn't been suggested, you could be the one to suggest it. If you think that the person could, um, benefit from it, or maybe even just throwing it out there. Cause why not? Um, you never know how people are, are doing or feeling about different things and even just normalizing it, I would say goes, quite far um just saying like hey vision isn't a finite thing uh your environment's gonna change you're gonna change so if you think your tools um really tools need to change that's totally fine we can have a discussion about that so i think maybe just having those discussions also goes a long way there's no harm in trying it out either like um yeah. my own i'm instructor he brought like the first when I was asking about using a cane he just brought one he's like all right well let's see if this works for you and we tried a couple things and I was like I found out a way it worked for me and then situations where it didn't and like that's totally fine too like you don't have to be like if you decide to use a cane it doesn't mean you have to use a cane forever if it you know Mm -hmm. doesn't work for you I think also vision professionals who maybe are trying to be really delicate around suggesting the white cane because it can be, I, for me, I definitely did not want to use it and didn't use it until I re- like was past the point where I really should have been using it because I had some ideas, some internalized ableism that I had to uh, deal with that was getting in the way of using this tool. And so, you know, I <laughs> just a great idea might be you just, you know, slide this podcast along to those folks that you think <laughs> could benefit from using a mobility cane or any cane for that matter. Um, yeah. If you, you don't want to have the conversation yourself, maybe you can just suggest that they listen to this podcast. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, all of you for being here and sharing your experience. This is really great. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's really, really awesome to hear people making this choice independently. Like I want to use a white cane. I think it will help me and, and just doing it good for you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This was a great discussion. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having us. This was wonderful. You've been listening to limitless. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.